turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you're listening to the you're listening to the Date Day edition of the program. That means that beautiful Paula is live in studio with me on this very special day. Now, there's a lot going on. We've got um, a whole bunch of stuff planned for Good Friday and Easter services. Um, quick reminder, and I'll probably remind you at the end of the program as well that we have, um, we will not be doing a live program tomorrow. The radio station uh, KSLR is shut down in honor of Good Friday, as they should be. So I'm going to be airing a very special program. Now, it's not special because I'm doing it. It's just special because it's a Good Friday message that I did uh, recently and uh, gives you the opportunity to sort of set your heart and your mind on that cross, on that terrible day that turned out to be the most glorious day ever. So tomorrow we won't be live, we won't have the opportunity to take phone calls, but we want to encourage you to, uh, to get ready for what is the greatest weekend in the history of the world, a time when Jesus was crucified, but then a time when he rose to life. Our phone numbers for your live questions and calls is 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free by calling 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use the free Calvary Chapel mobile app to send your questions in. If you're driving in your car, the safest way for you to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now button. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. This is a day especially that we set aside, ladies, for you. And if uh, you have any questions or calls for Paula, maybe you just need to be encouraged. I don't know anybody in the world better at offering encouragement than she is. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I am. I do have the gift of encouragement. I do. Um, I was a cheerleader in high school, and you know, and it just seems like the Lord prepares you for what He's going to ask you to do right from the very beginning. And you know, you know here I am. Yeah, you can do it. Like um, just listening to you talking about um, the radio show not being live uh, for tomorrow, and yet you're going to um, bring a recording of of a past Good Friday. Well, I was listening to your intro and outro for that program, and a couple of the, the praying kids, that's what I'll call them, the praying kids were in here, and when you were finished, we just looked at each other like, that's a gift. I would be saying, uh... Uh, and one of the other boys said the same thing. He said, and people would be listening to me from around the world, and I would just be <laughs> like, I don't know how Papa Ron does it. So, yes. Um, but, yeah, so I'm the one that says, you can do it. He called you to be the pastor. You can be the pastor, Pastor <laughs> Ron. So, um, and, But if any 
ladies in particular need any encouragement, I, I just pray, as the kids pray, that the Lord would fill me with His Spirit so that I, I'm able. So. This coming weekend is the most encouraging weekend in the history of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the tomb was empty. They put a dead body in that tomb, and he didn't stay there. Paula, before uh, you get started with what's on your heart, uh, today is day five yep. of Jesus' Passion Week. Uh, it's the Passover. It's what we call the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus wanted to spend his last moments <laughs> with the people that had spent the last three, three and a half or so yeah. years with yeah. him. Um, people that left everything to follow him. Um, at the end of that supper, Jesus made this pronouncement. He said, as he raised the cup of redemption, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant written in my blood. And when he did that, he canceled the old covenant, the covenant of the law. Now, the reason that matters so much, and this is one of the things, Paul, that frustrates me when Christians are arguing, should we keep the law? Should we worship on the Sabbath? What do we do? Um, the old covenant was against us. It opposed us. It shouted, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're <laughs> guilty. And, and honestly, uh, we all knew it. But one look into the law and it reveals the condition of our heart. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus said this is a cup of the new covenant. It's a cup of grace. God's unmerited favor to the infinitely ill-deserving. Now, his audience at that Last Supper had no idea what he was talking about. But we do. We know that this new covenant set us free. It is for mm-hmm. freedom that we have mm-hmm. been set free. And it was on this very day, just before Jesus took that cup, when he dismissed Judas, the betrayer. You see, communion, we're going to be taking communion Sunday at Judson High School Performing mm-hmm. Arts Center. By the way, radio audience, we'd love to have you come to the Judson High School Performing Audience Center. We have two services on Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45. Um, bring unsaved family members or friends. We'd love to have you there. Uh, you will be blessed beyond what you... Polly, you're going to be singing. I will be singing. They're going to let me sing again. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. then I'm going to be there for sure. Okay, front row. <laughs> <laughs> but bring somebody and enjoy, um, uh, again, especially unsaved people, uh, and enjoy what the Lord is doing. Well, because it's a family celebration, Judas had to go. And then he could pick up the cup was at that moment that he would begin what we know as John chapter 14 through John chapter 17 in his private time with his disciples. These are the men who will change the world, the men who will be his apostles. And he started that whole process by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And then he goes on to tell them why they have hope. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and take you to be with me where I am. Do not let your hearts be troubled indeed. I mean, that's just an amazing thing. And in that very solemn hour, maybe that it took Jesus to talk to his disciples about all of these things in those chapters, he would have led up to conversations about, don't worry, I'm going to go away, but it's good for you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And he will be with you and he will be in you to the very end of the age. It was in that time with his disciples that he would pray what we call the high priestly prayer of John chapter 17, where we get to eavesdrop in on that very intimate time between father and son. After he was done with that, Paul, what he would do next is he would head out across the Kidron Brook and into the Garden of Gethsemane. Nine of the apostles, or eight of the apostles, rather, with Judas gone, eight would stay a little bit behind. James and Peter and John would sort of go farther into the Garden with him. And imagine for a minute what their night was like, hearing Jesus crying out to his father. I mean, crying out physically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. uh, under attack from the enemy like never before, sweating great drops of blood. That's the last thing the body would do Mm -hmm. in an effort to hydrate itself before one dies. And so intense was his physical suffering that an angel was sent to minister to him. It's the only way he survived it. And it was at that moment where we really 
understand the, the, the height and width and depth and breadth of his love for us. It's also in that garden where a cohort of Roman soldiers led by Judas would find him and Judas would identify who Jesus was betraying him with a kiss. Can you imagine that kiss for a moment? You see, this is day five of Passion Week. And since we won't be here live tomorrow, we know what day six was. Paul, it was his sham of a trial. It was his crucifixion and his death and his burial. And at his burial, all the religious leaders thought they'd finally rid themselves of Mm -hmm. this Jesus problem. Mm -hmm. And the one thing they had no way of knowing. Now, they could have known because it was prophesied, but they didn't want to know that Sunday was coming. Mm -hmm. And that's what Good Friday and Easter are really all about. He told told them in three days, I'm going to raise this temple up. (laughs) The tomb was empty. You know, Paula, one of our favorite characters, of course, in the whole resurrection story is Mary Magdalene. Mm. Um, Mary was the last to leave Jesus at the cross. And he was, she was the first to arrive at the tomb uh, after the Sabbath so that she wouldn't be violating the law. Mm Uh, and what she found was a tomb that was empty. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? She mistakenly thought he was the gardener. Mm-hmm. Sir, they've taken the body of my Lord. Tell me where he is. If you know, I'll go get him. Yeah. I mean, the passion. Jesus' week was his passion week, but our passion really begins on that Resurrection Sunday. So, three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any calls or questions, three four zero ninety five eighty five. I'm just shaking my head as you're talking, you know. It, it, the father said that it pleased him to crush his son, you know. And you think, what? But Jesus said, you know, he came obediently to please his father that he could save you and me and Sam over there. Um, just, it just... Like David was saying, is this your usual way? <laughs> you know, you think about that. We're not worthy. But he's he makes us worthy. He thought, he like you always say, it's a business deal, and he thinks he's got the best, mm. and he is God, and he knows everything, and he's smarter than the rest of us. And so, But it's a hard thing to grasp, mm. isn't it? Yeah, you know, it, it always amazes me, and you know this because you've heard me preach this now for 23 years. <laughs> But, but it amazes me that Jesus, in this business transaction, you give me your filth, you give me your yeah. sin, and yeah. I'll give you my perfection. How about it? We got a deal. Uh-huh. And, and, and he thinks he got the better end of that deal. And it's staggering to me. Yeah. It's just something that I can't comprehend. And yet he's God. We know he can't lie. He tells the truth. So how foolish are we humans who reject that deal? Yeah. I mean, who would say no to, look, I'm going to suffer and die because God is holy and he's just. He has to punish sin. But I love you so much I couldn't bear to see you punished, so I'm going to take it for you. And then all you got to do is believe in me, surrender your heart to me, Mm -hmm. and you can have eternal life, but not just eternal life outside of time and space, but but it can begin right now. now. Yeah, in my head, my, my song that he's always put on my heart is going through the second verse. Jesus loves me, this I know, you know. He loves me when I'm good, and he loves me when I'm not. And that just, when you think about that, you know, it says he died for my sins. Past, yes. present, and future. And, but, but let me say this. You said he, 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 he loves you Jesus loves when, when I'm good, good, when I do the things yeah, I should, yeah. and then. But, but he doesn't love you any less. Not any less. That just blows my mind. Yeah. And that he loves me just the same. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good away. deal. Is yes, the whole it point. is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was kind of a sweet thing when um, Marcelo shared the other night about uh, you know Dad having to uh, discipline Nehemiah, but after the discipline was over, how comfortable Nehemiah was just to go sit back on Daddy Victor's lap, <laughs> that it was okay, you know, and that's how we should be with our Heavenly Father when we mess up, not to do, you know, crazy guilt and, and 
keep ourselves away from him. He died so that we can come and sit on his lap. And just when we say we're sorry, he's like, okay. And we get to do over again. That again, that's, that does blow my mind. You know, Paula, when, when um, you just returned not too long ago from your women's retreat, and it was the abide in me and I will abide in you yeah. theme. Yeah. Well, that comes from that upper room discourse. Yeah. That comes from uh, Jesus trying to prepare his disciples for the trials and tribulations that they were going to have. He said, people are going to hate you because they hated me. They're going to mm-hmm. insult you. Mm-hmm. When you are thrown into prison and when you are brought before kings, don't worry about what you're going to say because at that moment the Spirit of God will come upon you. Um, the real practical value of the empty tomb for those of us who are Christians is twofold. One, we can abide in him. We can be with Jesus. Nobody before his death and resurrection had the opportunity to do that. The Spirit would come upon some of those Old Testament saints in power, but but they couldn't have the kind of relationship that we have. Mm -hmm. And we can abide in him knowing that he will abide in us, that we have life here on earth. The second practical part of the empty tomb is it should send us running to Jesus to confess our sins. It should send us running to him to say, oh, forgive me for I have failed. I don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And like Nehemiah sitting on Victor's lap, Mm -hmm. um, we can go sit on our father's lap because of the work that Jesus accomplished and know that we're not on probation. It doesn't, it's not like he looks at us and says, you know, I'm going to test you out for a couple weeks, make sure you're Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Um, We are fully and completely restored. Yeah. And why we who are believers try to cover our sin or try to compromise with that confession, saying things like, well, you know, Lord, I don't know if it's sin, but if I sinned, instead, just saying, I blew it. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to blow it again. I don't want to blow it again, mm-hmm. but I need your help not to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you forgive me? And instantly you're back experiencing the fullness of God without the need to do guilt. Yeah, yeah. No guilt, no shame. Um, and so, yeah, but that's a that's kind of a learned behavior because we're so used to this world, and then um, we're used to our own flesh. If somebody offends us, how we how we treat another? So, yeah, but I don't think it's so much a learned behavior as it is a, 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 an issue of faith. Mm, okay. You see, um, um, when the old is gone and the new comes, um, by faith we change, and we don't change because we're better. We change because of the better one we met. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's one of those times because there's an enemy who's going to try to condemn you. The word says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, we're condemned because we've failed so many times at other things in our lives that we just kind of get used to feeling condemned. Yeah, okay. Uh, and yet, do we have enough faith to say, but I'm forgiven? What's the song we sing? He was forsaken so we mm-hmm. can be forgiven. I'm forgiven because yeah. you were forsaken. But we I'm sing accepting. it, but do we really believe it? Mm-hmm. And so, so it's an issue of faith. The empty tomb should give us all reasons to walk in faith, to exercise our faith on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula, what's on your heart? Well, I was kind of taking your, um, your direction from last night's uh, message where, you know, and, when David prayed after the Lord had said no, you know, and he didn't pout and he didn't stomp around and didn't question God of why I've been, you know, I'm your favorite. I'm, I'm the one with the, the heart after you. And so I'm precious. That would be, that would be my, that'd be my sentence. <laughs> I'm precious, you know, how come or why not? Or, you know, when kind of a thing, um, he just sat before the Lord. And, and what you were saying last night, instead of us taking our shopping list, um, Lord, heal her, heal me, fix me, give me, uh, do for me, um, do for them. Um, but just to sit and, and remember, and I used to be a lot better at this, sitting and just kind of rehearsing, rehashing, reminding myself kind of a thing of all the things that the Lord has done for me. Kind of like cheerleading myself, you know, just reminding myself of how 
good the Lord has been to me. And so I, I was kind of thinking, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that in the night, Lord. And so, you know, would you just remind me of some of those scriptures over the years that you've given me or those little words of you can do it, you know. Um, and so I, I just, I got this 11 by eight and a half sheet of paper here. And um, the Lord was kind of chatty. <laughs> you, you know, Paula, just for, for the benefit of the audience, the message last night from Second Samuel chapter 7, um, David had, had asked, it was a desire of his heart to build a temple. You know, he found himself in this beautiful, this magnificent cedar palace. Uh, God had sent uh, Hiram, the king of Tyre, uh, with uh, the, these magnificent cedars. And, and um, uh, David is in this palatial environment. And, and suddenly it hits him, here I am in this palace. Well, God's living in a tent. There's just no place for God. So let's build God a house. Mm -hmm. And Nathan the prophet, who kind of put his foot in his mouth a little mm -hmm. bit, said, you know, go ahead and do everything that's in your heart to do. And Sounds and, good to me. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, because he was God's spokesman, that was permission from God. Mm -hmm. So David went to bed that night so excited. Well, that same night, God spoke to Nathan and said, you shouldn't have told him that. Now you've got to go tell him that he can't mm -hmm. and all the reasons why. Mm -hmm. And then God made these wonderful promises to David through Nathan. And as David would listen to those promises, his mind would just be blown. And, and, and what I said in the message last night repeatedly, I wanted the people in our church to remember that this is a result of God saying no. Mm -hmm. It's easy to praise the Lord. It's easy to woo-woo when, mm -hmm. when God says yes to your prayers, but mm -hmm. God said no. Mm -hmm. And David's response began with this. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of a prolonged sitting. It's a sitting like his face is covered. He's in awe of the goodness of God. And that's when he broke out in the, the, the who am I mm -hmm. that you would make these wonderful mm -hmm. promises? This is your usual way of dealing with <laughs> mankind. But the idea here is David sat, and in that time of sitting before the Lord, he remembered God's greatness. He remembered God's kindness to him. And Paula, one of the things that I said last night that I think it's important to repeat here is that we live such busy, hectic lives. We're so connected to electronics. We're so, I mean, we can't go five minutes without looking at our cell phones. Most people can't. Yeah. And, um, you know, that doesn't leave Jesus much time in between. And sort of like, well, Jesus, I got a text. I want to talk to you, but I got a text. Or mm. Jesus, I got to text somebody. Or I got to look at my Facebook account. Um, we, we've just lost the art of sitting before the Lord and wow. remembering about all that he's done, remembering how good he was to us. If, if we would do that, then like David, we'd be a lot better at hearing no from the Lord and by faith understanding that his no's are sometimes better than his yes's mm -hmm. because he says no to those things that are going to get in our way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, one, of, one of the things she was saying, you know, and this is the directive in Psalm 27, starting at verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. And this is the directive from you last night. Um, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. And, you know, I get to sing on Sunday and I get to sing sometimes. But when you're not home, I get to sing in the house. And so, yes, I get to sing praises to the Lord. Then he goes on. He's saying, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. So last night in the message, when you said we should sit and seek, that's what I'm doing. So I, he goes on to say, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When, and, and when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. And 
that was a message or words that he had given me so many years ago. And you just think, you know, um, in the time of trouble, the Lord will meet us and he will encourage us. And this just reminded me of him putting his arms around me when all or anybody else is not there. Jesus is right there to take care of me. And um, I, I was really appreciative of when I just sit and seek his face. He's so happy. It's like he's sitting in the recliner chair, you know. And at our house, the recliner chair faces our TV. But from the front door to the back door, I have to walk in front of that TV to get where I'm going. And so I just pictured Jesus sitting in the recliner chair without the TV being on. And instead of me, because I'm so busy, um, come and sit down with me. Well, I got to go wash the dishes, or I got to go get the mail, or I got to put the, another load of clothes in the dryer, or because I'm going back and forth. Oh, I've got to go and wash my face, or I have to go back over here and put another load of, you know, instead of him sitting in that recliner chair. Come sit with me. Take some time. Prepare your heart for a good Friday and for Easter Sunday. Sit with the Lord. 340-9585. We've got 30 minutes left. David, thanks for holding. We'll get you on the other side of the break. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the program we've got 30 minutes left on the thursday date day edition of the program 340-9585 let's go to line one and talk with david david thanks for being patient you are on the air Hello there. Am I live? You are live, David. Yes, I wanted to talk about something that that I've been struggling with, and it, that is pornography. You see, Pastor Ron, I've been uh, I've been viewing pornography off and on on my phone, on my computer, any way I can get a hold of it. A lot of times I've been viewing it through sites such as Pornhub and YouPorn and stuff like that, and and I felt that I am impure. I felt that that I need to come clean and say, wait a second, what am I doing? This is not yeah. godly. David, thank you for calling. I, I'm going to ask you to listen on the radio and really take to heart what I'm about to say. Jesus loves you so much, and as we approach Good Friday tomorrow, he loves you so much that he thought only of you, only of you, when he was dying on that cross. And when we think about how much he loves us, and then when we respond by doing something that is sinful, in your case, pornography could be any number of things, we willfully rebel against what we know what God wants to do. We're the ones that cause it separation. Paula said earlier in the program that Jesus would be with us forever and ever. But, but we actually turn him away. And here's what I want you to think about, David, and consider very, very carefully. Um, Paul says that all other sins, sins except sexual immorality, uh, all other sins a man commits are committed outside his own body. But when we sin sexually... We sin against our own body, and that's, of course, where the power of the Holy Spirit lives within us. So what we've got to decide to do is, do we really want to be with Jesus, or do we want to be with that filth? And you've got to do whatever you need to do, David, to choose Jesus every day. It has to be an ongoing battle. The enemy has a a hold. He's got a foothold in your life because of this opening you've given him through pornography. It is an insidious sin. I've seen lives destroyed by it. And you've got to remember that because Jesus didn't stay dead, he rose from the dead, that the power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That means that you're free to say no to sin and temptation. It means that you're free 
to choose to be with Jesus instead of choosing to be with that filth. And I understand you're not the only one. Pornography is, I think, one of the besetting sins among men in the church. Sadly, David, that sin is now reaching down because of the availability of it and the fact that every kid convinces their parents they need a cell phone. And now not just men, but younger girls are getting dragged into pornography and being ensnared by it as well. So you've got to make a choice. Let me close with this, David. Think about this. Imagine you're sitting at the feet of the Lord, which is what Paul has been talking about. You and Jesus is having a good time, and then the temptation comes to view porn. You actually have to send Jesus away to participate. If Jesus were there in that room with you physically, you wouldn't look at that filth on a computer. You'd be staring into his eyes. It's almost like at times we say, Jesus, thanks for dying for me. Thanks for promising me heaven. But now you've got to go out of here because I'm going to do something really filthy. You've got to make the decision not to view porn that personal. Jesus, I choose you. And then you have to renew that choice every day. You said this has been something that's troubled you for a very long time. So here's what you do. You spend your time with Jesus every day, all day. I promise you the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to, the power to say no. All you've got to do is say no to your flesh. David Wood Crane for you. Thank you for being honest. You know, Paula, Good Friday especially is a time um, to think about those sins in our lives that we don't let God deal with. It's a time to think about um, Jesus crying out to tell us that it is finished, the debt's paid. Um, I tell our church here at Calvary Chapel all the time that there isn't one more sin in your life that has to control you ever again. If that power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, then then we have the power to say no to, to our flesh and we say yes to him mm-hmm. and we needn't be burdened any longer by that sin. And um, I, I just think too many of us are casual uh, in our relationship with the Lord. Like, oh, grace, he'll forgive our sins. You know, he, he knows my needs. Uh, at the same time, back to what you were talking about, I, I think a lot of it is because we don't sit at the feet of the Lord and and really remember how grateful we are. Yeah, yeah he died for all of our sins. In fact, the, you know, that talking about his grace in First Timothy one twelve, which was another one of my scriptures that he was reminding me of. You know how they have those the italic titles. It says, "Glory to God for His grace." Mm-hmm. Well, in First Timothy one twelve, and I think this is our problem. We're just not thankful enough, because he starts out uh, saying, "I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me, because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry." That's another one of those, who am I, uh, kind of moments. But I think if we were take the time to be more thankful for all that he's done, I mean, taking on our sins, giving us his righteousness, um, if we're more thankful, then we're less likely to go into those sinful things over and over and over again. Now, granted, um, <clears throat> I haven't arrived either. Um, we're not going to ever be perfectly sinless, but there are some sins that just seem to, we know we can walk away from if we choose to, you know, to fall occasionally, but to practice is a whole different thing. So I think being more thankful to the Lord would really help us. Um, Like our friend Candace, you know, her, she goes back home to her friends and family that she used to drink with, you know, and now she's saved and she goes back and they don't really know she's saved yet and they want her to go and do the things that she used to always do with them. She, you know, and she could, she had brothers and she could drink just as heartily as they could and so they're, they're going to have fun and Candace is like, nope, can't do it. Well, what? You're no fun anymore. No, no, no. 
I do not want my Lord to come back and find me at, and then she named some bar, <laughs> you know. I'm different now. Yeah, see, that's, I think that's a great um, um, illustration. That's how personally we have to take our sin. And, uh, you know, the, part of the, the other problem, the practical side of this, is that we live in a world that minimizes sin. You know, um, um, David said, I'm addicted to sin, um, or addicted to porn. He's not addicted to porn, he's addicted to sin. And, and an addiction um, begs the, 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 well, I'm helpless against it. Yeah. And we're really not. We've got to decide that, you know what, I'm not going to let anything control me. Paul said, uh, all things are permissible, but, but not all things are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, we even allow things that are not permissible into our lives. And what we got to do is we got to decide. I'm not. I'm just not going to do that anymore. And David, I know you're still listening. So um, um, understand that you, what Paul says in First Corinthians 10 is that no temptation is seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. In order to, in, in other words, to prevail against the temptation. That's First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Um, you're not alone in this. Every every man I know struggles with lust. Every man I know. So instead of giving in, just keep struggling, keep wrestling. Let Jesus do the wrestling with you and for you. And Lord willing, he'll deliver you from that. But it starts with being grateful. You know, we learned last night in the message, Paula, that, that the key to David's heart, being able to hear no from the Lord and respond the way he did, was the fact that he was just grateful. Mm-hmm. And had he not taken the time to remember what God has done for him, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that weapon, that powerful weapon of being grateful wouldn't have been at his disposal. That's right. It wasn't just a matter of, I forgive you and all the things that I've done. God was promising him future blessing in spite of all that he had done, David had. And so that's what we need to look forward to. Um, We're going to stand before the Lord, and don't we all want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant? Well, we should if we're, you know, true Christians. Um, And so I want more of the stuff down here burned up and left here. I don't want to take a bunch of mess to heaven, and though I'll still get there, I don't want that. I I don't want to see, you know, Paul, I had this crown for you, you know, like you say sometimes, but I had to give it to somebody else because they were more faithful. That would just crush my heart. You know, I mean, he'll he'll pump it back up, put it all back together. Let, but let, let, I me don't. Com- let me comfort you, sweetheart. The trip between here and heaven, all that junk will be burned up. You won't take any of it up there with you. Oh, man, I just don't want to. But there will be a loss of rewards. See, I don't want to lose my rewards, Pastor Ron. (laughs) I want to be thankful to Jesus Christ here and now who has enabled me. And he's enabled me by giving me the Holy Spirit who says, don't do that. Don't say that. Um, but he's given me his Holy Spirit, that power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, in order for me to say no to what's bad and yes to what's his. Um, and, and this one is the one that gets me, because he counted me faithful. He counted David faithful, too, though David blew it a lot of times. And would blow it in the future. And would blow it in the future. Um, and I think that's why he was so grateful, you know? Thank you, Lord, that... You still love me, like my song says, you love me when I'm good, <laughs> and you love me when I'm bad, um, and, and that you put me into the ministry. That is another, what? That, you know, it, as I watched you teaching last night, and we we're seeing the, I guess it's mostly 11th graders who did the worship last night, just saying, yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I had nothing to do with anything (laughs) else but to see my husband is the one who's preaching so wonderfully, but that some of these kids, one of them actually several minutes after he was born, we were at the hospital, but several minutes after he was born, they cleaned him up. You got to hold him. Maybe right after mom. I don't know, maybe before his dad even. (laughs) Um, 
who gets to do that kind of thing? Yeah. You know, and to see him up there worshiping the Lord with these other fantastic children um, was just, yeah, I am just blown away. One of the ladies in our church turned to me and kind of mouthed the words um, during worship last night. What? Pastor Ron, we are so blessed with musicians and singers and such wonderful talent, and mm-hmm. we really are. Mm-hmm. But but for those of you in the, in the audience here, uh, you can go to calvaryessay.com, and, and if you don't want to bear through the message that I did, that's fine, but go to last night's message and, and listen to the worship. These are kids that, that I've known since they were infants, and um, it's just to see what God has done. Uh, truly, what John said, I have no greater joy yeah. than to see my children serving the yeah. Lord. Yeah. It, it is an amazing thing, not only the quality, but knowing the hearts and knowing the commitment that mm-hmm. these kids have uh, behind the quality of the music and the yeah. quality of playing. One little girl's, Paula, um, I had no idea she could play guitar beyond just strumming a chord or two, yeah. and she's out there doing barcodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the nights that, that I'm able to... Even though I wasn't sitting alone with the Lord, yeah. it was one of those nights during worship mm-hmm. when I was just able to say, Jesus, look what you have done. And you've let me, you've let us be a part of this. I was about as proud a pastor as there I is. I know, I could hardly look at you because I was trying to sing and I was trying to not cry. And then I knew if I looked <laughs> at you, you know, I think one of the one of the girls is just seventh grader. And a deep love for the Lord. You can just... Uh, and we get, to, like you say, we get to be a part of that. Um, okay, another. Let me get the phone number ahead. real quick in case we get just a little bit of time left. If anybody wants to uh, uh, to call with any question for Paula, 340-9585 is the number. Paula, go ahead. I think another uh, reason to be grateful um, is, as David and and. And the rest of us should be um, glorying only in the Lord, you know, that we get to participate in all of this. Again, what I'm saying is we just had to say yes to Jesus because he knows the plans he has for us. And um, in First uh, Corinthians 1, it says, starting verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Hello, I fit the category. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He's done it all. I mean, we can take no credit whatsoever. You know, Paul, that always reminds me, I was, uh, as, a, as a kid in elementary school, um, you know, how you choose up sides for whether it's basketball or softball or sure. football or anything. Kickball. Yeah, most of, the, most of the Christians that I know would never, couldn't be chosen for those things. <laughs> And yet God in heaven said, I choose you. Yeah. Well, why would you choose me? I'm no good. He uh-huh. says, because I specialize in those who are no good, those who are foolish, those who are weak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God doesn't disqualify us from his game. In fact, he makes us the, like the star of, of his game it's if amazing. we just give him the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You think of King David. I mean, <laughs> you told the story last night. They didn't even bring him into the house. Bring, bring all your sons, yeah. Jesse, to pass before me, Samuel said. They didn't even bring him. They didn't even bring little Ruddy out in the field with the sheep. They didn't even consider that poor baby, but now he's king, you know, and Israel's prince later. Um, and then they all have to, you know, kind of bow down to him. But, yeah, they didn't even consider that poor baby. Now he's king. So, okay, so... Um, Another one, the Lord was just kind of telling me, you know, how he wants to use each one of us. And he, he specializes in those foolish things. Well, I, you know, the, he reminded me of running out to the parking lot and asking grown women, I'm down on one knee, to marry him. You know, that's just one of those things. And to think he had set it all up. Their hearts were already prepared, that they said yes Maybe not then and there, but eventually, that's all him. And then uh, the other thing of hands down, heart open, that means be vulnerable, 
so that's okay. But there was one, one man last night, and I think he and his family have been coming here 15 years maybe, up, mostly on, sometimes off because they'd have to move for, for work. And, but anyway, last night he said to me, he asked me this question, do you remember the first question you ever asked me? I was like, no, because that was a long time ago and I'm almost 100. So, <laughs> uh, he's, and I said, what was it? He said, this is what you said to me right here. And he's barely in the front door. And he said, you said this, are you a sinner? He said, yes, you did. And I said, well, what did you say? And he said, yes, I am. And then what did I say? Welcome, me too. <laughs> you came to the right place. He said, we have been church shopping for a long time, but when I came here, I knew this was home. <laughs> I was like, that is only the Lord, because who says that? Paul, let me, let me share with the audience the story of the lady that you asked to marry Jesus. Um, this was a woman who, uh, uh, she was here for the first time. We, we don't know her and know anything about her. Um, but she was in the sanctuary. She was uncomfortable. As soon as church was dismissed, she was like she was out and running. And for some reason, God had you uh, ready to go out and get her. And she was getting in her car trying to get away from us. And you got down on one knee. Um, this is what the Spirit of God was prompting you to do. And, and say, Jesus wants me to propose to you for him. And however you said it, uh-huh. uh, I, I can only imagine the look on her face. What is this crazy woman doing out here? Yeah. Well, it turns out this woman was in a lesbian lifestyle. Um, it's not an easy thing to walk away from. Um, but it was God chasing her, using you to do it. Now, she came back. She gave her life to Jesus. But what we also didn't know at the time, and she got really excited about the Lord, but what we also didn't know at the time was that she was going to die of cancer five years later. And and for a moment, this is one of those, who am I, O oh Lord? For a moment, God knew he could trust us with a sinner who'd lost her way and to prepare her for ending her life, she didn't cancer ended her life, but but prepare her for the end of her life mm-hmm. uh, in five years. What a privilege and an honor! We we not only got to be blessed by her uh, abundantly, but we were a blessing as well. And she heard the truth. She responded to the truth. She grew in the Lord. She dug in and was faithful to serve mm-hmm. and helped so many people with so many things. Um, and when she was diagnosed with cancer, um, we were there. And we got to say goodbye, and we got to know that she was with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it started with you running out and asking her to marry Jesus on one knee. Yeah. You're a nut. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's some, with some of those things where the Lord asks you, you know, I'm sure like uh, uh, with Jericho, they had to go around the wall seven times. How dumb did that seem? You know, that's what I felt like when he asked me to go down on one knee. So anyway, you just do what he says to do and let him work it out. Okay, so then there's another one. Um, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in Christ Jesus. Um, you can take that as, you know, our material. He's, he's, we're still here. We're still here, but um, Romans fifteen thirteen. This is the supply all my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus that I'm kind of focusing on right now, and this is the scripture that's kind of been ringing for me lately. Uh, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's that's the riches that I I really uh, want to have. That He would the God of hope fill me with all joy and peace in believing that I may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, as you and I have been talking, this has been a really hard month. And the joy, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I'm having a fight to make sure I, in his presence, this fullness of joy. And so abiding, just being with Jesus, all of these reminders of, oh, yeah, he knows all about these things. There's a purpose and a plan behind all of it, um, but it's been 
kind of a struggle to stay in the joy. Um, I've been more like more tearful than anything, but even in that, um, the joy and the peace in believing, the the perspective is getting changed. Yeah, that's a, that's a testimony to to the the power of God's joy. It sustains us through the sad times. There's no no conceivable way that we're going to live a life without pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, people we love die and and get sick, and we suffer with them. When the whole one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. Uh, but there's a source of joy in all of that, and that's what leads us to that empty tomb. That's where we find answers. That's where we find joy. That's where we find the validation for all of the promises, those glorious promises made to us in the Word of God. And um, apart from Jesus dying for my sins and then not staying dead, uh, I I can't even imagine. I probably wouldn't be alive. I wouldn't be here. Um, And yet look what he's done. Who are we that he's done those things? Let me take a minute before we get ready to sign off here to say that one of the great sources of joy, even in the middle of all the sadness we've had, mm-hmm. um, one of the great sources of joy for me is is that uh, at least it looks like I'm going to do Easter service. I know. Last Easter, I was nearly dead, and and I had uh, I didn't I wasn't able to do Palm Sunday, and I wasn't able to be at Easter. I've never missed mm-hmm. ever, and suddenly I wasn't able to do it, and I'm going to be there. Hey, we invite you to be there with us. Um, We have a special Good Friday message. It'll cover the entire show tomorrow. Go to church. You can come where your church. Come to our church for Good Friday service. And then remember, two services at Judson High School Performing Arts Center at 830 and 1045 for Calvary Chapel. We'd love to see you there. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Remember, He is risen. He is risen indeed. See you later. God bless. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Running for the word to stand on.